0: Here are
1: your hosts, Morgan Philpot and Jacqueline Smith. All right, good morning, everybody. Can you hear me out there? This is Morgan Philpot and uh, my co-host. Yeah, you're not coming in for some reason. Um, all right, try okay, that. Okay, try that. Oh, hey, there we go. There, there you we are. Go. All right. Welcome this uh, beautiful Monday morning here in the Salt Lake Valley.
0: No the plains of Alea Shenea. Come on.
1: Well, we're actually not on the I plains know. of Alea Shanea. We're,
0: we're spreading our message to the plains of Alea That's Shania. right.
1: To the world, we've got we're, some uh, uh,
0: We're flooding the world with a good message. That's right. Didn't Bednar tell us to do that? He did. We're just following the prophets. He did.
1: Hey, our our, our website is up now. Or show.com. com our facebook page is up now we got our twitter account done we got our youtube account done we are ready to roll
0: we are this is exciting
1: so if you get the chance go check out mormonshow.com you can actually uh follow links to listen live uh from anywhere in the world
0: yes if you speak english we're not translated so. even if you don't <laughs> we're not come translated. to learn that was how kind to speak funny. bad english that's right that's right <laughs> well not from you probably well, from me right? probably from me too
1: So uh, we have a a full show today and uh, plenty to talk about. If you'd like to call in, we are part of the uh, Liberty lineup here on KTALK 630. Yep. uh, Broadcasting live every Monday from 10 to noon. You're welcome to call into the show at 801-254-5855 to talk about anything Mormon you would like.
0: Right. From a faithful perspective.
1: That's right. We do make certain presumptions on this show.
0: Right, that you believe in God, that you believe the Book of Mormon, that you believe Joseph Smith's a prophet. Right, right. Right. Now, I have to say, though, there are a lot of things we talk about that have underpinnings in many religious uh, backgrounds. Our principles are based on the Judeo-Christian worldview. So, you know.
1: Yes, and uh, we've got a new... Segment coming soon. I'm not sure if I can pull it off today. I don't know if I can do it today either. The What Would Benson Do segment. Right. That's Instead of What Would Jesus one. Do,
0: it's What Would Benson Do. That's that right. way we can talk about some politics.
1: And the reason I'm motivated to do that when I saw a, a, a video over the, um, the weekend, have you heard of Al Jazeera?
0: I have heard of Al Jazeera, yes.
1: Al Jazeera has, a it's a, it's a broadcasting um, organization basically. And they've started to uh, try to broadcast into the American market, and so Al Jazeera has uh, uh, a, an arm called Al Jazeera Plus.
0: Do you think they're as truthful as our media?
1: Uh, they might be more truthful.
0: <laughs> I actually think they are a little more truthful, <laughs> yeah. although uh, still. So media.
1: On um, what I saw is Al Jazeera Plus put together a, a a little YouTube video about five reasons why America is already a socialist nation. Now, the, so when you say... Well, I they, would
0: have to agree. I, I think they are. I think we are a pretty socialist nation. Don't you? Ye- I mean, come on, Morgan. We send yes. our children to socialist public school. Okay, wait, whoops. Socialist <laughs> yeah. government indoctrination centers.
1: That's right. Say it right if you're going to okay, say I, it. Okay, I
0: did. I fixed I fixed it.
1: And What's interesting, though, is they, they come out and advocate in this video socialism as normal, as good, and as something we should strive for. And this is when it hit me. Man, if Benson was listening to that, what would he be saying right now? And that's when I thought, what would Benson do? What
0: would Benson do? That's right.
1: You could uh, throw J. Rubin Clark in there. My wife, I was I was so impressed with her. Posted a a quote the other day by J. Rubin Clark. Have you ever listened to J. Rubin Clark? You ever read uh, quotes by him?
0: Most of these guys were pretty straightforward.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna find this for you real quick because I I gotta read this to you. You might be a little yeah. I missed that. She, she found one also. Uh, you know, the this year is the anniversary. I, I hate yeah. to use that word of Hiroshima. Oh. So we talked about another anniversary yeah, also. Yeah, that's we'll, what I
0: thought you were referring to there for a second.
1: But uh, she also found a quote by J. Rubin Clark about the dropping of the bomb, which was really fascinating. It's not what you would really? maybe think it was going to say. But here's the J. Rubin Clark quote. It does seem to me that we parents, okay, I should say
0: quote.
1: Quote, right? yes. Quote. And then
0: you unquote at the end.
1: Okay, quote, it does seem to me that we parents have not only lost all control as to what our own flesh and blood. I use that term instead of children because I should like to make the ugly fact as poignant as possible. I say we have lost all control as to what our own are taught. And also we are not even consulted about these matters. Now, as a matter of principle, surely we who pay the costs and furnish the students might with propriety have some voice in what they whom we pay shall teach those students. I am willing that every man shall believe what he wishes, print what he wishes, and say what he wishes within his constitutional rights. But I am not willing that he shall exploit all his idiosyncrasies in teaching my flesh and blood while I pay the bill. I insist that he shall have all the personal freedom he can carry, but I am not willing to extend that full and complete freedom into a gross license and then pay him to abuse that license to distort and debase the minds and hearts and bodies of those who belong to me and are dearer to me than life itself. End quote.
0: Oh my goodness. Powerful. Is that is that a good quote for the Exodus out of the government yeah, doctrine? Absolutely. Centers? Now, if you're, if you're interested, I will be speaking at the LDS Homeschool Conference on August 21st. I speak at 5 o'clock, but the, the conference is the 21st and 22nd. So if you've considered taking your children out of those government indoctrination centers or you're already doing it and you feel a little lost, come to the Homeschool Conference. We're going to be discussing all of these things in depth, and there are a lot of different classes you can go to.
1: So now that reminds me of the conversation. uh Uh, well I guess I should go back let's close out the what would Benson do what would Benson do will become a regular part of the Mormon show in the future and I I would just ask people to contemplate what would Benson do relative to this Al Jazeera Plus you you gotta go see it all you gotta do is search AJ Plus Socialism in America and check out the video they put out advocating for socialism as a norm in the United States
0: well uh, so they want that
1: yeah, it does it does, that does is, not that
0: seem is, a little odd? Also, that does seem odd because, uh, well, they're 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 kind of a, I mean, Al Jazeera. That's that's yeah, just, that's different. They,
1: they strike me well. They strike me as a little bit different. Um, uh, well, never mind. I, I won't go into the politics of Al Jazeera, but let's just say, go check that out so that you're aware of what's going on in the world today. I went to the LDS cannery.
0: Yes, you
1: Last, I don't know if you can actually call it the LDS cannery anymore. Do you know why? 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 They shut down the cannery part. They've got a little oh, section yeah. you just, where you can Oh, yeah. It's just can. dry.
0: It's just dry now. They don't do the wet pack.
1: Right, at work. all. Uh, so in Linden, there's one There's one in, in
0: Murray, I think, that's still wet pack, isn't it? Yes. But you, we
1: don't do it. I suspect that one's going to be closed down soon Could as well. Could be. And you know why they're having a hard time keeping them open new government regulations. Really? Is that why? Basically food certifications uh, amongst other things. So I go to the cannery and I spark up a conversation with the cannery manager. And do you think the canneries are busy or not busy in the summer?
0: I know a few years ago they weren't busy at all. Like we that when we went, they were saying things like, oh, we're so glad you're here. There's hardly anybody that comes anymore. And it was just, they were begging us to come back.
1: Yeah, they are normally not busy at all in the summer. And uh, he said to me, we, we usually have people sitting around waiting for people to come in. And I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that. And, and I said, well, what's, you know what's the difference now? And he said, well, there's all sorts of reasons, but we are slammed we we're out of like they were out of macaroni which we really were really hoping to get some macaroni and they were out of powdered milk and we'd been no okay i may be wrong in macaroni they were out of the powdered milk they were out of a number of things and he was telling me how they've ordered a whole bunch of pallets because of this influx during the summer and i thought That's interesting. awesome and I, so i wanted to hear more about why Yeah. And he said, well, it's a number of reasons. One, I get people who come in and they say, I'm worried about foreign economies right now. Well, that's a good
0: reason. That's a good reason. I'm
1: worried about foreign affairs, uh, worried about um, some of these books that are being written. (laughs) And uh, then you have people saying, I'm worried about Russia. Other people who he said have come in actually expressed concern over Jade Helm.
0: Uh-huh. So yep. what
1: he was saying is, it's uh, I think it's a lot of things contributing to a kind of a fervor. We've talked about the fervor on the show right, before we have. that's going on. We have.
0: For and our new I, listeners, there has been a real fervor of preparedness going on in the LDS community, especially here right. in Utah. But it, I think it's well, going maybe. on. But, well, Utah, Idaho. I mean, I've seen it quite... Quite a bit. I don't know how much it's going on in the east.
1: I need to give people our 800 number so that I I just don't know it right off the top of my head. We'll get it by the next break. That way, if we've got people calling from outside of Utah or outside of the country, they can let us know if they're experiencing a similar fervor in their area because that is what the impression I got is that's what's contributing to the uh, increase in visitations to the cannery over the summer. And uh, he actually mentioned people feeling a need to be prepared by this September, which we've heard that we, before. Yes,
0: well, and, and there's, there's reasons, uh, you know, from books, from people speaking. But I, the thing that's the most undeniable to me are the signs that are actually occurring in the heavens. That's the part where I think, if you're watching what's going on with the blood moons, this tetrad has only happened a few, a few times in history, 300 years it's been, since it's happened.
1: He actually did bring up the Jewish calendar as well. Really? That there are people coming in expressing concern over the Jewish calendar and the alignment of certain dates with that calendar.
0: And we know that our church has talked about that as well, because uh, I just recently found out that the day Joseph Smith received the plates from Moroni was also a day on the Jewish calendar when the the gathering of Israel took place. There's actually a really celebrate good article the gathering of Israel
1: yeah on LDS.org yes, about those dates.
0: So we know that these Jewish dates do matter to the Lord.
1: So I get to the cannery and he um, you know I ask why they're out of stuff and that conversation ensues and I kind of thought I'd like to go volunteer there with my son, which we'll we'll take a look at. I think it'd be a great experience for my son, but it uh, it it started me thinking. This, kind of the same question that I've had rolling around in my mind is, is this just a fervor yeah, and uh, because here's the other thing I've got friends who are literally checking out of society they're, they're going to great right. big farms and other places and really small communities and they're saying we're out for those of you who've been around for longer than I have which um, is, you know, not a long... Uh, I'm, a, I'm not a convert, right? but I was raised in a convert family. And I grew up in Oregon, so I'm not... Uh, it's pro- I've been here for 20 years, though. I want to know from listeners out there, especially if you're an old-timer. Been in Utah a long time? You've been in the church a long time? Have you seen the last day... Like
0: over 50 years, a long time.
1: Because we want to know if there's just if if this fervor with uh, there's been a couple near death experience books there's people who are checking out of society going out to real I, rural I, communities. I actually
0: had somebody say to me just to go on that one, Morgan. I wanted to order something from her and she said I can't. There's no time. I'm not selling anything anymore. There's no time. She what does was that mean? Packing up and leaving. I don't know where she's going.
1: I don't know. So, But but that's reflective of like She kind shut of the... down her business that Kate. she
0: had because there was no time. And she's an absolute believer in these near-death experience books and in the idea that we're, they're heading for the hills.
1: You also mentioned to me that you had heard people talking about a potential... No, okay, never mind. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: can see my face cringe just then. <laughs> like, we, ooh, I don't know if we I want don't, to get we on don't wanna, the
1: We don't want to implicate the crazies. <laughs>
0: Are they crazy? We'll find out. Maybe we're the ones that
1: are crazy. I'm joking. I don't That's know. I, true. I want to believe. Well, you know, Lehi, when he left, we've talked about this before, but Lehi, how long, you remember how long it was from the time Lehi left to the destruction of Jerusalem?
0: It was over eight years, wasn't it?
1: Eleven. Eleven, yeah. Eleven years.
0: That's a long time. So if, if, if there's a, an exodus, so to speak, it will happen while things are calm? Well,
1: you know what's happening. If Lehi has extended family... Or friends who he's told, hey, we're getting out of here. About two years after he checks out, all of his friends are going, man, what a whack job. I hope he hasn't murdered his family in the woods. That's what they're saying two years later. Five years out, no destruction of Jerusalem. And they're thinking, oh, he's that crazy. dude was certifiable. Was, yeah.
0: Well, think about Noah. How long did he build that boat?
1: Well, okay. Let's <laughs> Hundreds take of years. Ten years out. Yeah. Let's say you got a friend who checked out five years ago. You're going, man, they were wrong.
0: Well, for sure right? you're thinking that. Yeah. So at
1: 10 years, Jerusalem is still standing. Lehi's extended family and friends are going, oh, I'm so glad we didn't go. We got to be at that party last weekend. If we had not been here,
0: we, we couldn't have partied. <laughs> That's right.
1: And, and then and 11 then, years, boom, it's, and then it over. Was over. it's well, over. When
0: I started homeschooling, my parents were very... Well, my dad really didn't say much. My mom was very, oh, Jacqueline, what are you doing? You're that's kind of out there. You're, you're really, you're really, shouldn't be doing this. She really was hesitant to believe that what I saw was wrong in the schools was actually wrong. And now, fast forward 16 years, and she's like, man, you were ahead of your time, and I wasn't. I was actually fairly slow. But you know. Now she says she would never send her children to school in the, in the system we have now.
1: Yeah, I had a conversation with some friends about this over the weekend, and they actually told me, well, I better give you some context. I, I told them that I thought somebody sending their kids to government schools was as bad, if not worse, as drinking alcohol. So if you're a chronic drinker of alcohol, in other words, a Mormon violator of the Word of Wisdom, You're better off than if you're sending your kids to government schools. And they didn't agree with me. So (laughs) I knew And now we have a caller. Yeah. Right,
0: right.
1: It's the church is calling. Mr. Philpott. we'd like to speak to you next week. (laughs) You're in trouble. (laughs) No, but they didn't agree with me, which I thought was interesting because I kind of believe that.
0: Well, see, and I have, well, you have personal experience with alcoholism in your family, don't you?
1: No, but uh, not, not I, I have a father family. who uh, engaged in substance abuse, not alcoholic substance abuse. Yeah. but
0: Sometimes yeah. that can kind of be a gateway to substance, other substance abuse, though. Oh, I agree. And it uh, destroys your life. And, and there absolutely. are a lot of kids who come out of public school just fine. However...
1: I would argue that's not true. They do not come okay. out of government schools just fine. They, if they become come out,
0: fine later. No, I think there are
1: kids who are just not harmed as much as others.
0: Okay, that's true.
1: But you're really not gleaning anything there you couldn't glean from a a good system. Okay, we got a caller from uh, Chris Chris on Line 3 in Springville. Uh, Chris, uh, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Morgan. Hey, um, Jacqueline. So, yeah, you know, when people talk about end times and the return of Christ, you know, I give three responses. I say... Christ will come, or the end times will begin to unfold in earnest under three conditions. One, when you die. Two, when you least expect it. <laughs> and three, what difference does it make? Yeah, we so, need to disengage from life. That's because,
1: the, the disengagement yeah. from life part.
2: I disagree
0: with you completely.
1: Off to me, especially in this last dispensation.
2: Right. But, because we, it, it's going to come when we least expect it. So when we expect it, well. so as soon as somebody makes a prediction about, about a date, I, uh, when, come or when things will start to transpire, I immediately go home and circle that date on my calendar, <laughs> and right next to what I write, nothing significant <laughs> yeah. will happen on this
1: date. Yeah. <laughs> nothing eventful to occur.
2: <laughs> well, right, Because as soon as somebody tries to play God, they fall flat on their face. But uh, the, the object of the exercise, we often forget, is not merely to survive, but to thrive spiritually. And if we disengage from life, then we've essentially uh, thwarted opportunities for us from which we can benefit spiritually. So, I agree, I,
1: um, I agree with pretty much everything you say. I do take issue with the knowledge of the time, though. I think that's a mythology that has risen up in the church. And if you go to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verse uh, 3, well, it's actually verses kind of 1 through 6. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. That's an interesting statement to me because the times and the seasons is a n- newspaper publication by the right, church. Right, right. But it's also the indicators we've been given to know when the Lord is near. And then it says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And that's the most common term used to describe knowledge of the second coming, that, in, in my experience. And that, but, it, but then it says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But then he, he, paraphr- he, or he qualifies, he says, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Well, ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others but let us watch and be sober.
0: Well, and Chris, the thing right. that I want to tell you is that most of these people aren't saying, oh, Christ is coming on this day. They're saying the, the difficult times are going to start. Right. This tribulation period is going to start. And if we don't see that we're already in it, come on.
1: I would, I would challenge anybody to find me a reference uh, in the scriptures that says mm-hmm. you can't know the week and the month. It only know, says you too. can't know the, the day year. and the hour.
0: Yeah.
2: The day and the hour. Okay. So, so the week and the month. We, so I, I can or maybe even weeks. the year. We yeah. can, we can <laughs> okay. say it
0: might be. But, maybe, but that's that's neither here nor there. That's really not what we're talking about. We're right. really talking about this tribulation period that people are, are getting nervous about. They're
1: saying we're and entering building
0: it. And they're building up their food storage, their camping gear, all of those things. There's been a ton of uh, prepper fairs. In fact, there's another one in Orem. Is it this weekend?
1: Yeah. So my question for you, uh Chris, have you seen this kind of fervor before?
2: Not really. Not in my lifetime. I, I haven't seen it to the degree, and I feel it myself in my own heart, and it, it's real. But I can't pinpoint a week or a month.
0: Right. Yeah, we, I, I can do, do know either.
2: this, and I know this is kinda, uh, going into the political realm here a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think as far as the international banking establishment, which runs the world, will we'll do everything that they can to preserve relative prosperity during the time that a a Democrat is in office at the head of our government. But I do think we will get a Republican this next election cycle, and I I do think that he will, in his rhetoric, represent everything that uh, traditional Americans stand for, hard work, self-reliance, but he will do nothing to reverse anything that the previous six, seven, eight... uh, Administrations have imposed upon the American people, and I do believe that we will have an economic collapse during the next president's term.
0: I don't I, know that an economic cool. collapse can be completely uh, avoided, even under any term. I think they they're kidding themselves if they believe that it's actually can, they can actually do something to continue to hold it up.
2: No, I mean obviously you can't over overrule the decrees of God and the natural the natural results result of. Um, disobeying economic principles. But I think the international bankers will do everything they can to create the perception that traditional American values are outmoded and they need to be replaced, because eventually they have to do away with the Constitution. But it's still intact to a degree and they need to completely and totally eradicate it. But what they must first do is they must completely and totally eradicate the notion that it is still a valid governing ideology, in the minds of the people. See, Satan always tries to deceive you mentally before he can com- completely control you physically. That, so that's th- his pattern. That's, yep, that's that true. would be
1: the principle of force by deception. I, you
2: bet. You understand absolutely it. Absolutely believe it. And he cannot do that and tell unless he eradicates from the minds of good-intentioned citizens of this country the notion that constitutional principles are still valid, because we've been hearing it for, for years that they're outmoded, that they need to be revised and brought up to date, which is absolutely and completely ludicrous because human nature hasn't changed. That's my prediction.
1: Did you hear our conversation earlier about the uh, Al Jazeera Plus video that's been released on socialism in America?
2: Uh, go ahead and uh, reiterate.
1: I, I heard parts of it. Yeah, just uh, you'll you'll have to go search it, but it's uh, if you search AJ plus socialism America, you'll find it, and it's uh, disturbing. It's it's direct advocacy for continued and further adoption of socialism in the United States because they say America is already a socialist nation.
0: Thanks, Chris. All right, for thanks calling. a lot, Chris. We appreciate appreciate the call.
1: Great. It is interesting to me that there is any denial. Really, uh, this is what's funny. It's. I actually agree with AJ plus that it is already socialist. Right. I don't agree with them that we should run down that path with a smile on our face. Right, right. Benson would not do that. In fact, no. What you, would Benson do? Well, it's very clear. Benson called socialism evil. Hmm. The church released an image. Of the seer stone used by Joseph to aid in translation well, of the they, Book of Mormon. they
0: said they think it's the seer stone because it was kind of passed around a while before it was given to the church. But it uh, it went through like three or four hands. It's it's a out. picture that's very similar to the one he described. You They got to know that. Just ask President Monson. He'll tell you. Well, I guess he could. He's a seer. <laughs>
1: or reference the book you got. Yeah. That's another topic. It It, it probably is. Oh, see, I get so excited about these little topics that pop up in my mind. I'm just not ready to talk about it, though. I, I kind of am. I am. But it, you, Okay. So I think they do know. I don't think I they think would it release is. it if they weren't pretty sure. Right. And I suspect, uh, because if you go to the Pearl of Great Price, what was Adam commanded to do amongst other things, but this specifically to record keeping? Adam was commanded to keep a book of remembrance. Oh, yeah. And he passed that commandment on to his children. It's one of the original commandments for the patriarchal order. Mm. And that's how certain prophets discover what uh, the... It's how they turn to the fathers and request the blessings of the fathers because there's this book kept by the great high priest on the earth and the prophet of the church. And I suspect that that commandment has been passed to every prophet who's ever stood, and they give it to each other. So my guess is Joseph kept such a thing very personal, very private, not shared with anyone else except for who would su- succeed him. It
0: reminds me of that book in National Treasure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you got to love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I suspect that somewhere in there, is the information that President Monson needs, or just through the spirit, to determine that that photo is, is well? The let's photo. talk about
0: that seer stone when we come back, right. because that's an important topic.
1: Okay, we'll be right back after this. Thanks for tuning in. Don't go away.
0: We are glad to be here talking about all things Mormon from a faithful perspective. Flooding the land. <laughs> yeah, we we got to work on Flooding, that one. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Flooding the internet. what was
1: what was Elder Bednar's
0: challenge? He, he he asked us to flood the world with a positive message. I don't know exactly what his words yeah, were. Yeah, we got to go look, look that, that up. Out. Yeah,
1: um, I do remember that. That was an inspiring speech. It, was, he gave it, was great. it primarily to the youth. Yes, right. Well,
0: because they're so attached to Twitter and Facebook, we and might
1: be excluded from that.
0: And we. I'm feeling youthful in my heart. Come on, Morgan.
1: Yeah, that's all that matters.
0: Right.
1: How you feel in your heart. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about the seer stone. If you, if you missed it, the church, the LDS church. We're we... supposed
0: to say the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> released I'm a picture. Just, I am not very
1: good with all that you're supposed to do stuff.
0: Well, the church has just asked us to reference the name of the church completely. <laughs> We're the Mormon show. We're obviously not a part of sanctioned by the LDS church we but.
1: We appreciate the the branding of the term Mormon. right, we do. <laughs>
0: all right, so okay, so the best part about this is is on Facebook, this has created quite a stir. So yes. there are people putting things out about, oh, now we believe in magic rocks and you know they're, they're just they've got right. all this stuff well,
1: about it. But you know what's rich about that? You cannot honestly tell me that you were a Mormon at any point in time and did not have it absolutely clear in your head that Mormons believed in magic rocks, right? I mean, the uh, 16 if you've re- stones yeah, for the Jaredites.
0: Right. Those were pretty magical. <laughs> so what's the problem <laughs> I here? I know. It's so similar. Well, and the funny part is like, why is the church talking about this now? But... In 1974, there was a children's friend article, and I will quote this Joseph also used an egg shaped brown rock for translation called a seer stone. Okay, that was to the children's friend.
1: Right. Oh, I love the meme. There's actually a meme going yes, around. Yes, there is. Uh, and it says, because a. Why did the church never mention this before? Because apparently children
0: couldn't read 40 years ago. Right. So if you're a member all of your life, you've probably already knew this. This isn't new news. And if, you, if you're a new member, it might seem kind of new, but this has not been a secret. It has not been hidden. We've known about this you for know, years. You know
1: what it is. I, if it, it One, it could be their ignorance, right? They, never, right. They've they, just they never failed ex- to mm-hmm. study. They failed to look. And when they heard for the first time, they gave way to the temptation to start to apostatize. right. and And really, what this is, though, there is a movement, uh, and it's similar it's similar in nature to the ordained women movement, which I don't disagree with the desires of women to be treated as equals. But, right? Right. But when you say, that patriarchy, for example, keeps you down. Then you don't then understand you the gospel. you ask patriarchy to stop keeping you down. <laughs> there's something wrong with your argument. You're not really going for elevation beyond a patriarchy keeping you down. You're taking out patriarchy. You're going against patriarchy.
0: Right. If you
1: really want to... That sounds to... funny.
0: Patriarchy. The well, that's what... order. That's it, what... My head does when you say that.
1: If you follow ordained women, at least the most vocal critics of the policies of the church, the term patriarchy comes into effect mm-hmm. often. Right. And patriarchy to them is to blame for what they cannot do. Which is just Which victimhood. is ironic.
0: It's just such victimhood all the so way around. So this
1: seer stone concept is similar. When your argument that it was never r- revealed to you before is shown to be false that it has always been known, and that it is manifestly apparent in the text of the Book of Mormon itself, Right. you're not really going after the church for, for failure to disclose fully.
0: Well, in Moses, what did he use? A magic stick?
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, right. This has
0: been a part of our culture. It's a part of the Bible. It's It's been around forever. We use objects. And I think that says more about the person than it does the object, because I've thought about this, and I think— God knows us intimately, personally, and he knows what we need to make our gifts come out through us that he's giving to us. And if Joseph felt at all concerned that he couldn't do this, I mean, the Lord could have said, here, eat this magic broccoli and you'll have the power. And if Joseph believed that, it would work. If he said, here's a stone, it would work. What what
1: if it was so much more simple than that? What if, like the brother of Jared he yeah. said, hey, we have a practical problem. We don't have light to the barges. And the Lord says, well, what do you want me to do? And Jared looks around and says, I'm going to go molten some stones. What if Joseph said, hey, this is kind of hard to translate in this method. Could you give me something to help make it easier? Right, exactly. And the Lord's like, well, what do you want? And Joseph looks down on the ground, sees a stone and says, how about this? Would this work? And the Lord's like, sure.
0: Or it could have been something that he'd found as a, as a younger boy that he liked because of it was smooth and the, the colors in it. It could, it could have been just something he, he liked.
1: What, and what this really comes down to is the critics are falling to temptation to apostatize. Right. And when you Or they already that,
0: apostatized and, yes. they're, and they're using it as their, C. I I told you.
1: And that gets to what's actually going on here in Utah right now. There is a movement in Utah Made up of some fairly reputable political personalities and figures, and others who have been a part of the Mormon Church, who are using a these things like or the uh, the patriarchy concept, um, the failure to disclose. They're using this as a recruitment uh, meth- They're using it as part of their recruitment methodology to cause people to doubt their faith. Right, and it is a concerted effort. It is, and it's an ongoing and it's an organized effort. The deception comes when they pretend as if it's not, as if they're, you know, subtly inquiring as to why this has never happened before and how did we not know? They don't care that they didn't know. They want to cause you to doubt your faith because they're they it's a it's a it's an the antithesis of a missionary effort.
0: Well, and it's and it really is that you know. Uh, Satan wants all men to be miserable like unto himself, and and they and they feel free outside of the gospel. But if they really felt free, why would they just attack and attack and attack? It's so counter. It, when you when you believe in something, you talk about what you believe in. You don't talk against right. something else. So I'm not sure what the what the belief is, but they they go against. They're
1: not ready to disclose that. They tell you that after you've come to doubt your own faith, and then they introduce the counterfeit. Right. All right, we got a caller. We're going to go to Mark in Salt Lake. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, guys. So, I've been a member of the church for over 40 years. I have a son that leaves on a mission in October, and I am really struggling. I got to tell you, it's not the concept of the seer stone. Okay. It's the concept that if the seer stone was used as described, How do we end up with any changes at all that aren't attributable to end-user error? In other words, the guy writing it down or transcribing it from the the written pages to the print, if those are the errors, I completely understand that. That makes 100% sense because once the human touches it. But if he was translating it word for word and waiting for it to be read back from the transcriber, how the heck do we end up with thousands and thousands of changes, including doctrinal? Uh,
1: look, give me an example. What do you mean? How do we, When you say, how do we end I, up I, with...
3: I'm in, I'm in my car. I don't have the information in front of me. But there are specific scriptures where, for example, talking about God the Father uh, being separate from uh, the Son, where originally it reads that there's only one God, and later it reads... After like the 1837 version, now it says no, it's God the Father and the Son that they are separate. Yeah, uh, I, and
1: so let me let me ask you this: Are you familiar with the section in the Doctrine and Covenants where Oliver Cowdery gets the opportunity to translate?
3: Right, right, and sure. and he Second tries,
1: nine. he tries, and and the Lord says in revelation to him. You took no thought, save it were to ask. And I I always had the...
3: He wasn't translating, was it? He was trying to receive revelation.
1: He was given the gift uh, to translate, and he had it taken away from him in those sections. And I always had the impression that Oliver had thought that translating would be easy. And I, I, I relate to that because I've often felt that way about life. You know, like when a hardship comes, I think, you know, life's not supposed to be this hard. I'm a Mormon. right? Life's <laughs> supposed to be better. I'm um, I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, receiving blessings. And as I grew older, I looked back on those experiences, and I thought, no, I think the Lord purposefully was making my life hard to teach me a lesson, to give me experience. And you're I don't, not answering my question. Well, I don't, you're not
3: addressing my, my concern. Okay.
1: So I don't doubt that the translation process was the same. Just because he had a seer stone doesn't mean that the Lord made it magically easy for him to translate. We don't know exactly okay. what he was doing.
3: Okay, with... there, are quotes, there are direct quotes which describe it. He put the steer, seer stone in the hat. He put the hat over his face. Okay. He would tell Oliver Cowdery or whoever was writing... He would say a word. Oliver would read it back, and then he would go on. That is the official description of the process. How do we end up with doctrinal changes?
0: I don't. I don't see the translation process. The Book of Mormon was translated. Most of the changes that have actually happened in the Book of Mormon are are just separating it into verses and books. And I'm fine
3: with that. You bet. You bet. It certainly. Otherwise, we'd be saying go to this page and. About two paragraphs down, and I get, I get okay. That. So, get so let's topics. just go to the
0: Bible for I'm a second.
3: About that. Okay, so, well, so let's just go the Bible for.
0: Okay, let's just go to the Bible for a second. It talks all the time about there's one God, there's one God, there's one God, and that yet we have um God the Father speaking to Joseph Smith or, or speaking to the people when yeah. Christ was baptized. So there there's a separate they're separate beings. So when they say they're one it means they're one in purpose when you go to hebrew and ever they that whenever they talk I'm about not, one
3: i'm not i'm not debating whether or not god the father and the son are separate okay i'm not. i'm asking why in the 1830 version it is written as if they are not separate and the 1837 version suddenly it's written as if they are separate that's what i'm asking especially if the translation process and if you can find me on lbs.org which is where i looked anywhere where it describes a different process than what I just said, please find it. I'll be listening. Okay. Because I, this is a real struggle for me. Now I haven't said anything to my son.
0: Because Except for I wanted he to be might on be on listening. Was,
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not. He's, he's okay. at work. But my, you know, one of my best experiences in my life was on a mission and my LDS friends and neighbors and family, you know, I love them dearly, but I got to tell you, to act as if I am just nonchalantly saying, "Oh, I'm looking for a reason to leave the church." That is not it at all. I'm trying to be logical. I'm trying to be honest. And what I'm seeing does not add up. So if you guys can find something, I'll be listening. If you can find something to help me, I would love it.
0: Well, Mark, I want to I want to speak to something to you right now. Um, we're almost to the break, but if you can keep listening, we might we might I'll talk about this afterwards. I actually had a really good experience yesterday. At church, um, a young missionary spoke in our ward, and it was one of the best talks I'd heard in the longest time, and okay. it really helped ma'am, me.
3: I, I, ma'am, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> right now, I am looking for logical,
0: actual... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't that, know that you that, can be convinced by I logic.
1: That, that, I, I, think I like logic. I actually think you can. Uh, I think reason is important. I do, too. I, I don't think God gave us the faculty of mind because he didn't want us to use it. And because he wanted yeah, us exactly. to, because he wanted exactly. us to follow uh, pseudo feelings of the heart, which some I know are real and some are not. But but the heart can also be deceived as well as the mind. Uh, I do want to talk about this, but I think um, if I if I'm correct, yeah, there yeah, we go. We're we go. actually going up to a break. Mark, we're going to let you go, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. I think I can address some of this after the break. Uh, hey, we appreciate you calling. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. It's the top of the hour of the break, so so hold over. We'll be right back. All right, you ready to get back to the seer stone? Hey, yes, I am. So for those of you just tuning in, in the last hour, we talked about all sorts of things. Uh, one of the primary things we talked about was the release of a photo by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints of the seer stone. Which is a small egg-shaped stone, which Joseph Smith used uh, to aid in the translation of the Book of
0: Mormon right. from the gold after, plates. I think that was after the Urim right? That was before yeah. the seer stone came later. And then eventually he didn't need anything.
1: I had somebody say to me. Man, I would want a seer stone, too, because have you ever heard the description of the Urim and thumbum and the breastplate?
0: Oh, yeah, it sounds heavy. Can you imagine
1: toting that thing around? Yeah, that would be hard. Especially if it's built for a Jaredite.
0: Well, and I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I read an article somebody put out about, you know, so so he's looking into this hat and he's getting, you know, the words. Think about our cell phones. I mean, you cannot read your cell phone in the daylight very well. Yeah. When, it's, when you're outside. Unless
1: you turn it Unless on in bright mode.
0: Well, and even then sometimes hard, it really depends on the day. Like if it's really bright outside, it sometimes still really hard to see. So if you were in a room and the person was, was writing words down and they needed light, but you needed to have it covered so that you could see it, you'd put it in a hat, wouldn't you? You'd put it inside of something. Maybe it was illuminating the words. We don't know.
1: I, I don't understand I don't know. why any of this is weird in the first place. I don't either. I mean, isn't, if you let yourself think about it, isn't all religion weird? Can uh, Hugh Nibley actually made a, a great statement about the impossibility of proving the reality of God and his religion. And he said, if you could prove it, it there would, would be not no be faith. godly
0: right there would be no faith there would be no reason
1: if man can divine and perfectly interpret and prove religion then it is not god's right absolutely so I, I agree with you 100 percent. if you start to give in to to that temptation of apostasy over the manifestation the spirit has given you of the truthfulness of the gospel you're going to talk yourself out of the gospel because you don't have the capacity to understand the things of God. That's why you're here, to, to grow line upon line, precept upon precept, and to gain the capacity to understand the things of God. But men and women giving in to that natural man have a way of talking themselves out
0: because of pride. Well, and we always like to look at things historically— Based on where we are today, and and we don't eighteen thirty. I mean, come on, that's a lot. That's a giant leap backwards in time, and we're trying to put our our time frames on them, and and you cannot do that. You cannot do that. People change, societies change, cultures change, and we cannot place our biases back in time like that.
1: So I, I Mark called in before the before the top of the hour, and.
0: Oh, it was a good call.
1: He uh, expressed some concern over what I think is a distinction some critics make uh, in the Book of Mormon surrounding, I think, modalism versus Trinitarianism, I think is what he's getting at. The notion that there is one God made up of separate parts versus three gods. And, and I, I've looked at some of the stuff that Mark was talking about, and I just, I don't see it. I don't see the concern. I can see where it's coming from, but I can also see contradictions in that concern, which is what I've found in everything I've ever looked at in the gospel where there is a legitimate criticism.
0: Right. Well, or, I, was, I was a young girl raised in Florida, and as such, I was around a lot of black members who partook of the sacrament. They came to everything, but they weren't allowed to hold the priesthood. And it bothered me a lot. And I got on my knees as a young child, and began asking questions. And as a young child, I had speak spoke peace spoken to my heart to just be patient and wait. And then later, when 1978 rolled around and it was restored to, the, to all men, I again got on my knees. Because I want to understand why we had to wait so long. Why was there such a wait? And again, I had something given to me personally that was just for me. Later, the church came out and pretty much said the same thing. And so... Sometimes your answers have to come to you individually, and you have to find your own answer.
1: So I went uh, to—I found a quote by Joseph Smith It comes out of the teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith. It it, it goes as this, I um, quote, I will preach on the plurality of God's. I have always, and in all congregations, when I have preached on the subject of deity, it has been the plurality of God's. Jesus Christ, a separate and distinct personage from God the Father, and that the Holy Ghost was a distinct personage and a spirit. And these three constitute three distinct personages and three gods. That was, uh, end quote. That was Joseph Smith, Teachings of the Prophet.
0: But it's important to recognize we, we speak to... When we pray, God the Father, that is who we go through.
1: Well, his or critique we th- is not that we we have a cultural practice. It is that there are—he is arguing there are distinctions in later revisions from the original. And what I would say is the same thing I say to every criticism which appears legitimate, uh, that if if you can either choose to believe what man can comprehend— or you can choose to believe your witnesses from the Spirit. Because it's at some point in time, right? you're not going to be able to prove the validity, according to the knowledge of man and the science of man, the validity of religion. You're not going to. Well, and it's
0: interesting because a lot of those, we call them Facebook fights, that, that people want to have proof. They want to have proof of everything. And it's like, I can't prove it to you. It's that oil in the lamp. It I can't share with you what I know. That you is, have to find it yourself. That
1: is the danger of the temptation to apostatize. Absolutely, is it starts with a belief that for some reason you have discovered something
0: that nobody that else nobody has else has
1: discovered and can explain. Yep, and that and that because God has not come down and told you this mystery, He must not be there. Uh, and I know that's probably simplifying, it. that maybe I hope that's not offensive, but. Um, but that is but he
0: teaches us all individually uh, in our own way and in our own time it really is line upon line
1: yeah i so i i don't I don't know that I've answered uh mark's question very well but i I have looked at what he's talking about and I could see it both ways right. I think reasonably you could argue it both ways so i I'd actually wouldn't mind hearing from Mark again with some examples of what he's talking about because I right. see and He was in his
0: car so it was going to be difficult for him to actually bring up the examples but yeah. we've got Marsha on the line from Sandy All right Marsha
1: we'll Oh I I almost Wrong hung up button. on her today answering her call <laughs> Welcome to the show Marsha
4: Oh thank you very much I find this subject very very much of interest I spent uh, actually nine years in studying every piece of information I could get on Joseph Smith, including his own journals and various things. Um, you know, and as I started the writing process, I wrote Joseph and Emma, A Love Story. It's, a, it's their story in two volumes. Uh, and one of the things that was really impressed upon me was how difficult it is for us to judge a man or a woman... Uh, out of their time and place, yes. uh, we have the benefit in our society of so many uh, aids in, in preparing a manuscript. When I first started as a writer some 30 years ago, I did it longhand and then transferred it to a typewriter and finally transferred it to typeset. All that process has changed in the meantime. Now I write in a computer with all the aids of uh, instant uh, punctuation, instant spell checking, all of that kind of thing. You know, so the changes in the Book of Mormon are, uh, we, you know, it's amazing that there are as few changes as there are, truly. But Joseph, in his um Joseph, as I, as I looked at the whole thing, Joseph was just an instrument for the Lord to communicate to us, just as we all are as we talk with one another and as we serve in the various capacities in the Lord's kingdom. Joseph was an instrument, and he was an uneducated instrument. He was an imperfect instrument. And moreover, his thinking processes, his, his thought processes, were a man 200 years ago. <laughs> right. And so how how difficult is it for a person to say look at the whole body of work that Joseph Smith did. Don't look at one little phrase that somebody eventually clarified in light of the whole body of doctrine that Joseph revealed. Yeah. D- you know,
1: do you it, it, do you remember Go the ahead. videos the church used to put out a long time ago? That there was one called the March to Zion's Camp, I think, and they they were not done the way we see Mormon videos done today. They mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. amateur actors. Uh, it was it was a I think BYU production work before BYU had kind of come into their own into their ability to make really good video productions. And as a, as a young missionary, I remember being at the MTC, and Von J. Featherstone came, and he gave a talk on Joseph Smith, and the Spirit hit me so hard. And I, I believed from that day in the prophetic calling of Joseph Smith, and from that point on, everything I learned became edifying for me, a relative sure. to Joseph Smith. and, and that, well,
4: And isn't that the whole purpose? Of the prophet, of the Lord's spokesman on earth, it's not to be perfect and infallible. None of them have ever claimed to be perfect and infallible, you know. And trying to as a to subculture, rebuild, though,
0: we've tried to make them that way, and that's the absolutely. danger. We, we
4: it's because we're trying to defend our faith, and and the, and the word of God needs no defense. It's its own testimony. Anyone who will read. The Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, the, the Book of Mormon, they're amazed. Even non-members, even scholars, yeah. Yale professors, all that, they're amazed that a young boy in 1800 with zero education, barely able to read and write, could come up with the thought process. I mean, it's its really remarkable. I i love this man who called you to... to Take an opportunity to sit down on his own and come up with even one page of doctrinal exposition that would be as original and as perfect as what Joseph wrote. You can't do it. <laughs> it's almost comical to me that people will will pick one phrase and say, "Well." It, it's not exactly the way it should be. And somebody else could say that better. Go ahead, write the Book of Mormon.
1: Yeah, I, I, it makes me think of, one, I want to <laughs> uh, cut two thoughts. One, it reminds me of the Lord's response to Oliver Cowdery, where he, he basically says, remember the night that I spoke, peace to your mind. Right. He reminds yeah. him of his spiritual witness, and he tells mm. him, I think, to take hold of the witness he received mm-hmm. already not Mm -hmm. to worry about the things that were uh, hindering him at the time. The other one is later, you know, I, I described to you my missionary experience. Later in life, I came across this video of Joseph and a speech he gives on the March to Zion's camp. And I remember as I watched that video, I thought, boy, that's not nearly as exciting as I've imagined it in my head. Because, you know, what you get used to in our society, um, having the assistance of nice music to help you feel good about things and really good choreography and really good film production. And I'm watching this old video of Joseph Smith, and I thought that's more what it must have been like at the time. Almost like if you were actually there, instead of imagining this grand prophet glowing and music from heaven playing in the background <laughs> there was this dirty guy standing on a wagon telling a bunch of men who are about to die to suck it up and let's press on you know anyway we got, we got to let you go we'll come back to this after uh this break don't go away we'll be right back as we talk about joseph smith and the seer stone Welcome back. This is Morgan Philpott and Jacqueline Smith. This is The Mormon Show. And uh, we've been talking about Joseph Smith and the Stone. That's oingo boingo.
0: I know. It's fun music. It's 80s week. Hey, I'm an 80s girl. (laughs) What can I say?
1: I I look fondly upon the 80s due to all the steak dances I used to go to back in Oregon. Mm. I loved steak dances. My
0: kids are funny because they'll talk about 80s music when they hear it in movies. And I'm like, well, you know why those songs are all being given to you guys is because people our age the ones writing the movies now
1: yeah that's right and they
0: like that music
1: tv and and movies these days yeah. my my kids have actually come across a show that i've really liked and they have all sorts of 80s references it's kind of fun okay so um we were talking about the Seerstone and joseph smith and i, I wanted to get across this point um as you're i have noticed in life well let's let's give some context we may have new listeners The Church recently released a photo.
0: The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints (laughs) recently released a photo. (laughs)
1: Of the seer stone, which Joseph Smith used in the translation of the Book of Mormon to aid in the translation of the Book of Mormon. And this is not new. It is not. But there has nonetheless been some reactions from those who are struggling with their faith or who have already lost their faith in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And... Uh, So we're talking a little bit about it. And what's interesting to me is uh, I I truly believe that the problem is not with the seer stone. The problem is with faith. Right. And with testimony. And like Oliver Cowdery, when he was given the the gift to translate and lost it, the Lord, instead of addressing necessarily uh, the rational, logical concerns of Oliver, said to him, cast your mind back to the time in which I spoke peace to your heart. In other words, remember the spiritual witness I gave you, Oliver, because as Hugh Nibley said, man is incapable of comprehending the things of God. And so the Lord instead works with us in our capacity in a way that we can understand and gives us testimony to last us over uh, hurdles that may come in the future. And so I, I, I go to the MTC and Von J. Featherstone comes and I was sharing about how I really received a strong testimony at that time of Joseph Smith. And it made a lot of these things easier to accept because I, I had received a witness myself that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. And then later on I, in life, I come across this video produced by the church, I think probably back in the seventies. It
0: was kind of crappy. It
1: ho- terrible, <laughs> terrible production quality. I mean, probably great for back mm-hmm, then, probably. but compared to what we have now. And instead of, you know, Joseph gets up on this wagon and he starts to give a speech to try and shore up the brethren who are on this march to Zion's camp because it was hard. Right. And I had glamorized this event in my mind. And I'm I'm getting ready, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, I love this. I love the marches. This is going to be awesome. And it was totally underwhelming. Right. You know, no, the music, if there was was any, was not good. Singing
0: from the background. It
1: was just this tired bad actor, (laughs) you know, (laughs) reciting a speech that Joseph had supposedly given. And I was like, man, that is not how I imagined that. And I thought, but "But you know what? It was
0: very much like that. It was
1: probably more like that. Right. And when you're there, and I thought back on my experiences in life, and I thought, man, if somebody had witnessed my epiphany, my spiritual experience, they would have been like, what? That convinced you? Are you <laughs> crazy? You know, because it's it's often only dramatic in your mind and heart where the spirit is present.
0: Right. And, and when, those feelings, that, that when you have a feeling like that, it, it does make a big difference, but you have to remember it. And just like anything... Like with our physical bodies, you get your physical body in great shape, and then you just don't do anything afterwards; it atrophies. Your spirit atrophies too. You have to continue to feed it in order to keep it healthy.
1: Right. So uh, I, when I saw the Sear stone, I was I loved it. I think I awesome. thought it was amazing. I thought the fact that God works in ways like that is awesome. It is. And I don't. I honestly. I would love to talk to somebody who has concerns over that. I don't get it. Well, we uh, have love... somebody on the line. Let's right, talk do. about
0: this seer stone. Let's see. All right,
1: so let's, we have got Bruce. Uh, Bruce from Salt Lake. Bruce, welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Uh, as far as I know, that stone that they, that they were showing, was that was probably one he had before he uh, received the uh, Book of Mormon. What he got with the Book of Mormon were clear stones that you could see through. In so, his—he
0: in his, put into, uh, like, glasses almost, and he had the breastplate that he wore with it. That was the urine right. thummim that he received.
3: Yeah, it was the urine thummim. The, the, the seer stones was just something he had before. Uh, I think many of the uh, uh, general authorities, the apostles, had uh, seer stones as well, from what I've uh, heard.
1: Yeah, I, there's also mention in the Doctrine and Covenants of the Rod of Aaron— So I I think, uh, you know, you also got in the Bible, the Ark of the Covenant.
0: Right. The Lord uses objects to help us with our faith. Olive oil for the
1: purpose of anointing. Uh, Go rub clay on your eyes. Go bathe in a river.
0: The pool of Bethesda. Did he really need that? Right. Probably not. But he may have believed he needed it.
1: Well, uh, and uh, I don't know. I, I find. I think it's awesome. I do, too. I'd, I just have n- never had a problem with stuff like that. I Patriarchal blessings. Yeah. Are those not, I mean, from an outside perspective, are those not odd?
0: Well, from an outside perspective, they think, well, that's just like going to some palm reader or something.
1: Golden plates buried within a stone, stone box.
0: box. But that's historically, well, and that's interesting, too, because King Darius, or Darius, or Darush, depending on how you say it.
1: Yeah, one of those. king of
0: Persia. <laughs> they found a gold and a silver plate that he had buried in a stone box years after Joseph Smith was, was gone. And
1: Wait, what do you mean? Oh, okay, he, he years he, after. Years after
0: he was dead. And, right, and, and, okay. And they I found see. those later.
1: But he buried them long ago.
0: He buried them 600 <laughs> years before Christ. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That, that was the method used to preserve I, something.
1: I have a friend who always says Plates that Joseph was box. a good guesser.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: All right, Bruce. Any last thoughts before we let you go? Uh, you
3: know, it, it wasn't unusual to have dowsing. Dowsing was one of the main features and things that people uh, did most all the time, what, looking wait. for whales. And
0: what was that you just called like, it?
3: Apparently, dowsing.
0: Dowsing is that like those? Was witch sticks? Like what do they call them? Yeah, you Water can use witching?
3: sticks. You can you can use pendulums. Oh. You can use most Oh things.
0: yeah.
1: Hmm, well, That is interesting. All right. Thanks a lot, Bruce. People still Thank you. use it today. Sure. Appreciate the call.
0: Hey, yeah, this is, have you this ever is seen, just not that weird to me.
1: You ever seen the guys in North Carolina who find worms in the ground using a, an iron rod and a stick?
0: No. But I've seen people use and two sticks where they find water in the ground. There are guys that in that North Carolina who
1: hammer an iron stake in the ground, take a little piece of wood, and they rub the piece of wood on the iron driven into the ground, and the vibration goes throughout the ground and causes causes earthworms to to come out, out, and they make a living doing this. If you didn't know what those guys were doing and the science behind it, you would think, that's weird. Why don't you get a shovel and dig some worms? Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: witchcraft. I I just don't... It's just not that strange.
1: All right. Well, you know, maybe we've dealt with that topic long enough. I... Uh, I will remind folks that we now have a website up, mormonshow.com. We have a Facebook page. the uh, It's Mormon, Mormon Show on Facebook. We have a Twitter account as well I, I could, I, and a YouTube the, channel. What's the
0: Twitter handle? Mormon it's Show? It's Mormon Show. I didn't find it. Yeah. Well, I'll go look it. It
1: should be there. And uh, we'd love to hear from you on the Facebook page. So come on over and visit us or feel free to drop by the website. There is a uh, another Josephs. while we're on the topic of Joseph Smith, oh, this photograph. a few years ago, this is actually, so the, if you, in case our audience does not know, the first photographs that became available in America, I believe, were daguerreotypes, if I say that right.
0: I don't know. I, I'd never said it before.
1: And it has been... Uh, the, the type that we have of Joseph Smith, you have probably seen, although you may not realize it's a type because it looks kind of funny. It's an odd picture. Right. And I remember when I saw it and people said, that's Joseph Smith. I was like, huh? That looks like a badly drawn cartoon character. That doesn't look like what I think Joseph Smith should look like. And I found out later in life it was a type. And
0: which which is very a very slow, slow method yes. of photography.
1: You have probably also seen a daguerreotype of Emma and her eyes look funny, probably
0: because she's she Because she's
1: sitting and yeah. blinking mm-hmm. and so it looks uh, that's but this is the way daguerreotypes were and so often a daguerreotype would be retouched by a painter. And the Joseph Smith daguerreotype that is most common in the church is a little bit odd. Now, interestingly, a woman in St. George found a copy of the original daguerreotype of joseph smith and i have put that on the facebook page right and i think it's a little bit better of a photo now i want to explain this photo that's on our facebook page if you want to go see it all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash mormonshow and if you scroll down a little bit you'll see a series of four photos placed together the one on the right is the daguerreotype found by the woman in Saint George, Utah,
0: which we're familiar with in right. the church. It's it's the one you've seen.
1: And a daguerreotype is typically a mirror image of the original. And in order to fix that, you had to make a daguerreotype of a daguerreotype. Hmm. And so most people didn't do it. Now, interestingly, this daguerreotype is the would be the mirror image, and then on the far left of the picture on our Facebook page you have two of Joseph's sons, and you can see the family resemblance in the two boys on the left. Now, the middle photo is a photo that was found by a historian within the reorganized church of Jesus Christ, I think now called the Community of Christ Church. Right. And it has not been confirmed to be a real photo of Joseph.
0: I, I, it could be, though.
1: But look at that photo. He
0: looks a lot like his, his yeah, sons. Uh, a lot. Totally. There's a lot of similar uh, facial features there.
1: Now, if you look at the, if you go to the Facebook page again, where the, where you can see all four of these images,
0: the, the. It's the, hard to do if you're in the car. Please don't do that. Yeah, in the don't, car.
1: don't do, pull over. Go to McDonald's or Walmart's <laughs> parking lot. And over here on the far right, which is the uh, acknowledged image of Joseph, the, the it's everybody recognizes at least the, the, the. Historic Mormon historic community recognizes the far right picture as a daguerreotype of Joseph. If you overlay that, which I did, because I'm you know a goofball that way, I'm kind of a Mormon geek. I I put it I into know Photoshop. You're much, you're
0: much more um, computer geeking than I knew, Morgan.
1: I try. Um, so I overlaid them and I reduced the opacity of the one and the nose. Oh my goodness, those noses, especially when you reverse the far-right daguerreotype, mm-hmm. you got to re-mirror image it, right? right? Because it's gotta a mirror image. got to flip it again. The nose is the same. The, it you is. You look at the, the chin. You look at him compared to Joseph's sons, and man, I am fascinated by that photo. It has mesmerized me, truly, because I love that man. If that is him,
0: I want to know. Now, I want to tell you, Morgan, it's interesting because you have a real strong testimony of Joseph Smith. Now, I believe Joseph Smith's a prophet, but my testimony came directly about the Book of Mormon itself it is absolutely true i i believe it people can argue with me but i'm like well i can't tell you anything because it was my own personal witness and my joseph i believe Joseph Smith's a prophet I, I believe it but i don't have that strong testimony like you do so i think it's interesting but it doesn't quite grab me the way it grabs you yeah
1: you you, you got to get that oh in my well, opinion
0: maybe i do maybe i don't he is it he doesn't is the af- man. it doesn't affect i, I think he's awesome he is but the i think man. a lot of the prophets are awesome but they're not they're not who i worship that's for sure i worship jesus christ yeah as we all
1: do. I, i'm i don't worship but i'm definitely a fan if i saw him crush? i'd go get his autograph for sure i might do I'd that i'd request to spend some time oh, hang I, out I would i'd want to hear hang some out sermons with i would go like anywhere that. he was speaking oh yeah i'd probably be a, like a like a roadie i'd be traveling <laughs> along going to everywhere he oh, was yeah. going
0: well he, he, when he spoke i mean his doctrine was so filled with um, those mysteries that I love to think about.
1: There, there is a great uh, talk. I came. Well, first of all, I would actually recommend to any listener that you read Rough Stone Rolling. I read Rough Stone Rolling, I, but I wouldn't read it till after. Well,
0: no, I well, would. I, would you I, read it, it before you had a strong testimony? Because I've heard there's some things in that book that make it difficult for people. It
1: enhanced my testimony. Really? But I'll, I'll tell you what. Kind of the. Um, I was not a diligent student of the gospel prior to going on a mission. I was a lackadaisical kid. And uh, before I left on my mission, I had not read the Book of Mormon. And when I went on my mission, I read the Book of Mormon for the first time. Really? And two things happened to me in the MTC. One, President Ezra Taft Benson came. And well, I remember awesome. it when I, I was there's a there's this gyms, these gyms that you can play basketball in at the MTC, the missionary oh, training gyms.
0: center. I thought you said gyms. No, like,
1: really? gy- like basketball <laughs> yeah, gyms. A gym. And I used to play basketball there almost every day I could until I busted up my knee. That's a whole other story. Anyway, we're in these gyms. Every single missionary is packed inside the gym, the, the gyms. Right. For a large, uh, like entire MTC meeting. And we know that somebody's coming. And I'm, I'm, I kid you not, we stand up to sing. We thank thee, O God, for a prophet. And I just felt in my uh, uh, the Spirit say to me, here is the prophet of God. Three times, here is the prophet of God. Here is the it's prophet of God. It's funny how when
0: the Spirit speaks, it's often three times. I've had that same experience, Morgan.
1: I turned, and walking down the aisle was Ezra Taft Benson. That was my first testimony of a modern prophet.
0: Mine was mine was actually um, our current prophet, but it wasn't while well, he was the prophet. I had the testimony come before he became the prophet. Wow. That was interesting. And I was young. Well,
1: I'll have to tell you what happened next so we can go back to this photo. Is this is our testimony. Relative to Joseph Part of Smith. The, of our show. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Mormon Show. This is your host Morgan Philpot. I'm here with Jacqueline Smith. We appreciate you tuning in. We've been talking about Joseph Smith and the Seer Stone, which has uh, photos been released by the church, and I we've also been talking a, about the photo as an outgrowth of that. Talked about the Joseph photo Smith. that came out a couple of years ago, which has you know got a lot of discussion at the time and has just kind of faded away. There was an entire book written on this analyzing this photo with the other daguerreotype, type, which is uh, the original photo, uh, an original type of photo. The first type of photo, I think, that came to America. Right. F- Frenchman made it. Um, it's probably it has
0: such a weird word.
1: Yeah, those French. Uh, we love those French. We do. We hope they join the church. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. There is, a, there is a plot of land in France. I just don't think they've built the temple there yet. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. It's been so, there for a long time.
1: This photo came out. There's an entire book written on it. They analyzed it with the death mask because there was a death mask taken oh, yeah. of Joseph and Hiram, and it has um, I, it has just always fascinated me. And I was uh, sharing that I overlaid them in Photoshop mm. and Thanks I reduced the opacity. And man, the, it's the noses that got me. And of course, you have to mirror image the the original daguerreotype. Okay,
0: so you were talking about how you received yes. a witness. Um, about Ezra Taft Benson. Ezra Taft
1: Benson. Well, the second at the MTC was of Joseph Smith when Von J. Featherstone came and spoke. I don't remember a word that but Von you J. Remember Featherstone how you said. Felt. but I remember um, the belief that I came out of that meeting with and the strength it gave me to serve my mission and to bear testimony of Joseph Smith as a prophet of God. Later in life, I came across some really great people. Uh, one, Hiram Andrus who was an early BYU uh, professor and writer about Joseph Smith. He wrote such things as God, Man, and the Universe. And Joseph, uh, they knew the prophet was one of his books, which I think is actually in production still at Deseret Book.
0: See, my first witness, I was only 13, and I was at, like, girls' camp up in Oak Crest or something. And we had a speaker come, and I was a silly little girl giggling in the background, and it was actually president monson at the time but he wasn't the prophet he was just a he was just in the 12 he might have even he was probably in the first presidency but while he was speaking the witness was so strong he would be a prophet of the church and it and it hit me so hard that when he was announced to be the prophet there was no question i already had been told i knew it was awesome so i have had a few witnesses of modern day prophets as well it's neat
1: uh, so I I would I don't know I we talked about Rough Stone Rolling which I loved I thought it was a fantastic book uh, I I loved it so much I could hardly stop reading I fired off a message immediately when I was done to Richard Bushman who wrote it and I said thank you that book was amazing because all of these things that seem to be causing people troubles like the seerstone mm-hmm. and some of the things Joseph would do like for example there's a there's a time where he shows up down at the docks to meet somebody. And he's in some striped pants and he's growing a little bit of a beard because he wants to see how people will respond to him when he doesn't look like a prophet. I loved it. I mean, I just loved everything about it. Well, it was yeah, so a inspiring sense of humor, to me. And
0: I think we don't remember that people are just people.
1: I think it is. Uh, Joseph Fielding McConkie also wrote an article called uh, Joseph Smith, Revealer of Christ. And that, to me, is why I think people need a testimony of joseph he is the revealer of christ in the last dispensation he is the prophet who was chosen to restore a true knowledge four of ordained, christ for and i think that's important i oh, think yeah. if you truly want to know christ you've got to have that knowledge of joseph as the revealer of christ in the last days right all right we got some calls coming in i believe first is tom in sandy so we're going to go to line three. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, how you doing? Doing good. Uh,
0: we're getting some feedback
1: you, behind you. I think you might need to turn, turn your radio, your radio down. down.
3: Oh, okay. Hold on a minute. Doing good.
0: Okay. So, can you hear us now?
3: feedback
4: you. I think you
1: might
0: need to turn your radio down. All right. Well, can you hear me now. Yep, yes. Much
1: better.
3: Okay. Hey, listen. I got a couple of things to say. First of all, I think that for the church to move forward, which they will, they will uh, discreetly discard Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon, and concentrate solely on the restoration and being uh, Christian.
0: Man, I hope not. Yeah, I, I think
3: that's. I, mean, I think that's the way they're going to go. Now, as far as the sear stone, the ch- the, uh, okay, originally go ahead. he dug up plates, a breastplate. And the uh, ermine um, thumb, right?
1: Um, he didn't. I, I th- believe they were contained with the, the gold. Sword
0: plants. of Laban. There were a few things in there, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: so everything was all together, right? I right. believe so. Right. So when he's when he's uh, translating the plates, he's not even looking at the plates. He's not even using the breastplate. He doesn't even wear it anymore. And he uh, discards the ermine thumb and, thumbing, and uses a sear stone that he found digging a well.
0: And and
3: so so how is that revelation?
1: How is it not? How is it? I mean How is it uh, not?
0: <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> a, I don't, I don't, I don't have to have well. anything when I get revelation.
1: Okay, let's let, let me ask you this. I mean, why uh, I, I get the question. I'm just not sure it, it it basically asks the answerer to imagine an endless number of hypotheticals right? I mean, how is it revelation? Well, that's easy. I mean, for all we know, it might have been a mini-TV created by God that he could look into. For all we know, it might have projected an image. For all we know, it might have cast images into his mind. For all we know, it might have uh, spoke words when you activated a magic button. I mean, who knows? There are an endless number of ways in which it could be revelation. So my question, how is it not, is actually a more valid question.
4: So
3: my question is, why did he need the golden plate? Why didn't he? He never, he never there, used them, never looked at them.
1: Again, well, well, well yeah, sure he did. He but, did
0: for a while, but after a while, maybe he didn't need them anymore. But it's
1: the same. You have the same logical problem with your question. There's an endless number of hypotheticals by which I could answer your question. The better question is, how is it not? Because, again, how? why didn't he look at the gold plates? He didn't need to.
0: Well, He and, did. And the thing is— He is, did
1: sometimes. He did occasionally. <laughs>
0: and, uh, you know what I mean? It just, it just puts so many limits on God. Like uh, sometimes these questions say, well, God must have limits. So we have to limit him. We have to limit ourselves when we are working with him.
1: Fair. How is it not?
0: No, I, how
1: is it, how, how is this? You know what I mean? Answer your own question. And then I think you get a better answer. Do you actually believe that Joseph was a prophet? No. Okay. So So that's
0: kind of a, conversation uh, I would say then you
1: know. gotta start with um asking God.
3: But see I think that's where the whole problem with the church is is that one, they gotta get rid of Joseph Smith because he has so many problems with him. He's and number a man. two, they gotta get rid of the Book of Mormon because it has so many problems with it. And they just gotta concentrate on the restoration and yeah, but, being more Christianity like.
1: Well but uh, that's I I see what I see what you're saying. However, you know, if they did that the church would not be true.
0: No doubt that we need more uh, people behaving like Jesus Christ—that that's the whole goal of the church. It's always been the goal of the church.
1: There, there's a great study that came out recently about the Mormons, and the study, the 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 um the conclusion of the study was that Mormons are obsessed with Christ. Oh, so if anything, Mormons are about as Christian as you can possibly get.
3: And see that's where I disagree with you. I think that Mormons are more obsessed with Joseph Smith than they are with Christ.
1: Have you done I, I I would challenge you to go take any general conference talk which is really where Mormons consider their revelation to come. And I would take it and I would take the talk itself, I just copy the copy the text and go stick it into a word cloud generator and see how many times the word cloud generator comes up with Christ versus Joseph Smith, and you might be shocked. You might actually see that your belief is untrue. And then once you discover that belief, that your belief is untrue, then you have the Christian opportunity to repent of it. And when you repent of it, then the Lord can fill you with truth, which is awesome, because then you get to see that Mormonism is the epitome of Christianity.
3: Would you ever believe that your that your belief is untrue?
1: Absolutely. I've questioned it my entire life. And when I have that questioning, I typically go to the Lord.
0: And it usually gets resolved pretty quickly, doesn't it? Some well, have it taken longer quickly. than yeah, others. Yeah, that's true. For me And as some well. have
1: been very difficult. All Undoubtedly. Right. All right. Thanks a lot for the call, Tom. Much appreciated. I... Thanks. We're going to go to uh, Samuel in Salt Lake. Welcome to the show.
3: Yes. Uh, hey, I got a, uh, I'm got referring back to Mark. Uh, deal on the changes of the Book of Mormon in the Book of Mormon yes. I think I've got some things to uh, uh, now this is on my own assumption but there's some things that might help him. one I'm going to ask the question which, uh, do you think that uh, the changes were uh, that were made were made without our prophet or, uh, or when they were made the prophet going to the Lord along with the twelve and okaying these changes
0: Hmm. Um I don't know. I have no idea. You know, it's that.
1: it's hard for me to deal with questions like that because it, it requires so much speculation. Right. And I could come again, kinda of like my response to Tom, I could come up with an endless number of hypotheticals that could well, make you, it true or false. Or, well,
3: do you think they was ever approved and sent out to others as, as uh Yes. Or I as do. a whole, do you think they was ever uh, they were approved by the uh the leaders of the church. I do. Okay. Saying that, I'm gonna, am gonna take you. I don't know whether you have your computer open, but I'm gonna take you to DMC 138. Okay. And you know what that says, right?
1: Um, I generally know. Is there a, is there a specific scripture you want me to look at?
3: Yeah, and if you got it there, why i have you read it rather than me because you're probably coming over better than so I got the radio voices Morgan
0: All right so <laughs> I'm 138 me... verse what Verse 38 Verse
1: 38 Mhm okay you got that jacqueline
0: I do Among the great and mighty ones who were assembled in this vast yeah. congregation yeah. of the righteous were father Adam the ancient of Don't... days and father no, of this all is... DNC
3: 138 Oh, D&C one uh, okay. section oh, 1,
1: it. verse 38. My fault. Oh, well, that's
0: a really good scripture. <laughs> yep. That was I throwing me say, for a loop. I know, I was like, what? Okay, here yeah. we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> what I, I the Lord, I, What I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, and I excuse not myself. And though the heavens and the earth pass away, my word shall not pass away, but shall all be fulfilled, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants, it is the same.
3: Okay. Right now. The next one I'd take you to is uh, the Articles of Faith. Oh, this is like faith. Scripture,
0: Chase.
1: Uh, articles of Faith.
3: Articles of Faith, uh, number nine. Okay.
0: We should know that by heart.
1: Yeah, I think at one time it, in my life I probably did. We believe all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal, and we believe that he will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the kingdom of God.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Now you Now,
3: let's go to the uh, title page. Yes, maybe go into the title page of the Book of Mormon and read the last paragraph.
1: All right, let's see. Book of Mormon, title page, last paragraph. An abridgment taken from the Book of Ether also, which is a record of the people of Jared who were scattered at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people when they were building a tower to get to heaven, which is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers, and that they may know the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off forever, and also the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, manifesting himself unto all nations, and now. If there are faults, faults, they are the mistakes of men, Wherefore, condemn not the things of God, that ye may be found spotless at the judgment seat of Christ.
0: Thank you for that call, Sam. Okay. Now one, we're done. One, we, we're you're going to have job. to
1: hold over. we got to cut to a break no, right now. No, this is it. This is the oh, end of our is, show. All right, Yeah, that's it. We ran okay. out of time. We'll be back next Monday, 10 to
0: noon. But wait. listen to the rest of the radio, Liberty Lineup,
1: And thank you, time. ES Mobile, for sponsoring the Liberty Lineup. Truly appreciate it. We'll see you next week next on week. Monday.